Welcome to Trip Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. For photojournalists, covering sporting events comes with a job, but covering the Olympics brings an added element of pressure. Today on Trip Talk, we're talking about capturing images of the Winter Games in Sochi with Tribune photojournalist Chris Dietrich. He's won numerous awards, including a first uh, place prize from World Press Photo, and he's back in Salt Lake City. He joins us now in the newsroom. Chris, great to have you back, and great work. Thank you. It's good to be back, back in Salt Lake City. Also with us, Tribune photo editor Jeremy Harmon. And Jeremy, great to have your expertise as well. Thank you. And Chris Dietrich will be presenting favorites from his photo collection of the 2014 Sochi Winter Games tonight at 7 o'clock in the City Library here in Salt Lake. Uh, the event is free and open to the public. But you can get a preview right now and if you've got questions for either Chris or Jeremy about covering the Olympics or about photojournalism in general, uh, send them along to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comments section at sltrib.com or you can text us and that number is 801-609-8059. 801-609-8059. Uh, Chris, before we get to the photos and a bit about what the experience was like um, on the hills, in the venues, I want to hear about the journey. I understand you had a heck of a time just getting to Sochi. Um, what happened? It, uh, all in all, it uh, ended up being nearly 40 hours of continuous travel getting from Salt Lake City to our hotel room uh, up in the mountains in Sochi. It started with weather delays getting into JFK Airport, uh, therefore missing every single connecting flight from JFK to Moscow, from Moscow to Sochi. Um, and not only that, that if, if it was just that, that would have been that would have been all right. But arriving in Moscow, um, we learned that uh, my name was misspelled on my uh, official credential for the Olympics, which it was acting as our visa to get into the country. And so since my name didn't match uh, my passport, uh, that, was a, that was a problem uh, getting into the country. So all in all, I, I ended up spending about seven hours uh, at the Moscow airport trying to sort that out. In the end, we, we had to buy, we had to fast track a visa um, and buy that at the airport and then continue the journey. Oh boy, so uh, a lot of work just to get there and and I, I think anybody who viewed the Olympics heard a lot about the sort of sketchy hotel rooms and the accommodations. Where, where were you staying and what was it like? We were actually staying up in the mountains uh, and our, our room uh, was actually fantastic. <laughs> so oh, I'm sorry for uh, a lot of those other journalists that may have had some, some difficulties, but uh, I was staying with our, our reporter, uh, Mike Lewis, and we our room was quite nice. So no real and, complaints on my end. Oh, that's good. Well, I, I mean, you covered uh, the Olympics before. You were in Beijing. So I'm curious, um, just uh, the different experiences. How did the, the venues compare and the ambiance, the experience itself between the two uh, host cities? Beijing was a, Beijing was a lot of fun, but in, in all, the, the venues were much more spread out. So in the end, you spent uh, you spend a lot more time traveling on the different uh, transportation systems just to get to each venue. Sochi was pretty unique in that all of the, the coastal uh, venues were literally right next to each other. So you could walk from speed skating to ice hockey to uh, curling to figure skating all within just several minutes. Uh, 
then up in the mountains, they they were relatively close together. Uh, I would compare to if they had the venues, say, at Park City and Deer Valley and the canyons. That was a similar uh, kind of distance between where we were traveling up in the mountains. Uh, so it, covering more than one event in a day was much more uh, doable over in Sochi than, than in Beijing. Hmm. Well, what makes covering the Olympics so singular, so unique um, as a, a photojournalist? For one, I mean, it's great watching. I mean, these world-class athletes are, are at the height of their of their game, and we get to watch that every single day and every single event. There's no there's no lesser event, and everybody is um, everybody's at their best. So watching watching that and taking pictures of that is is is, is really fantastic and fun and fun to see. Hmm. Jeremy, I'd like to get your thoughts on that as well. I mean. Um... Were you here in Salt Lake when, in 2002 when we had the, the games here? I was. Yeah, um, I, uh, I worked at the bad guys at the time. So. <laughs> but, I mean, describe the Olympic experience. How, what sets it apart from any other event that you would cover as a photographer? Well, in, in, uh, you know, when, when the games happened in Salt Lake City, I was covering a lot of the stuff that was just right downtown. Like I, um, I was new enough in my career that I wasn't going out and shooting uh, any of the big sporting events or anything. But uh, um, Salt Lake City was a completely different place. You know, anybody who was here when that was going on uh, can attest to that. Um, you know, uh, from the moment that they they lit the torch, you know, basically, you know, lit the cauldron. Um, um, it, like it, it didn't even like I've I've lived in Salt Lake City since uh, uh, '99, and it didn't even feel like Salt Lake City during that uh, couple of weeks that the games were happening here. It was uh, it was pretty remarkable. It was a lot mm -hmm. of fun, and then the games ended and they were gone and back to business as usual. That's right. We're speaking with Salt Lake Tribune photo editor Jeremy Harmon, also with us photographer Chris Dietrich, and we're talking about Dietrich's trip to Sochi and what it's like to cover the Olympics. And he'll be presenting his favorites from his photo collection at the City Library tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, the event is free and open to the public, and you can get more details at sltrib.com. But you're welcome to join our conversation today. What were your favorite images from Sochi? Uh, you can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comments section here on our website, or you can text us, and that number is 801-609-8059. I, I want to get to some of the photos, because there are some really remarkable images, uh, Chris, and congratulations again. You did a terrific job. Um, Thank you. Here's one. Um, I think everybody saw it in the paper. Um, this is Noelle Picus pace She's the skeleton medalist and um, Chris walk us through this photo I understand this is a photo you almost missed it is that was it was quite the interesting day and, and like you said that uh, it almost didn't happen um, the shorter version of the story is well we had we had nearly 70 athletes there and Noel was certainly one of uh, the bigger stories we were covering so for that day uh, it was important to spend the entire day at the venue making sure everything um, was was just going to be perfect for for how we needed to cover this event. Um, it ended up not being so smooth, and part of that was uh, so th this was her third and fourth final run. And the way the venue set up, uh, either you can be up on the course somewhere at the start or at one of the turns to get action pictures, 
or you can be at the finish line to get get the reaction. And you have to pick one. You can't you can't do you can't do both. So I called Jeremy uh, that morning just to confirm where we thought the best position for for me to be um, was, and and you know we determined that. The finish line, we, we have to be at the finish line. I mean, she's, she's in medal contention. If she wins, I mean, she has such a great backstory. I mean, she missed she missed a medal by, I think, a hundredth uh, or a tenth of a second in Vancouver. In Vancouver. You know, she had a, a terrible freaks bobsled leg injury uh, several years before that. Uh, she had retired and came back and... Uh, so if she won, I mean, I, I expected uh, her reaction to be... Uh, Pretty spectacular. Uh, so, in, also in the venues, they have certain certain areas that uh, they only allow a select uh, group of pool photographers to be in. Uh, and th at this, uh, at the bobsled or at the, at the skeleton area, um, it looked like a pretty pretty good position. I mean, it was at after the finish, uh, and uh, I chose to to shoot from that position. After her first run, uh, it became clear to me that well, it, it was all right, but it wasn't what I thought um, would be the best uh, best place uh, for the last run. Her it was on the other side of the track from where the stands and her family was, and I saw that there were a few areas that I could get a little bit closer to uh, where her family was sitting. So I wanted to go and move positions. Well, I didn't realize at the time that it was once I had been in that position, there there was no moving. I I, I couldn't leave, uh, and I was trying to plead my case with some of the volunteers and um, just beg them essentially that to let me move, um, but that 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 wasn't happening. Uh, rightfully or wrongfully, I I left. I I I left anyway uh, because I I knew I needed to be on the other side of the tracks with their family. Hmm. This caused a whole host of problems, uh, mainly that I went, I, I walked through a, a secure athlete area, and since I was no longer in the area I'd signed up for, I actually wasn't allowed to be in any other area. Again, there was a lot of negotiations and, and pleading my case with uh, the volunteers, and, you know, for, for a time there, I, I thought, this this is it. Like they they were saying that my night was over. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to leave the venue and I I won't be allowed to come back. And, and I'm, I'm sure I Jeremy's mean, sort of freaking out. You want to get that shot, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm going through my head just trying to. How do I explain this to my editor that I just I just got kicked out of this venue before <laughs> you know one of the biggest races uh, of the Olympics. Thankfully, I didn't know that any of this was happening at the oh, time. Oh, well, that's good. So you weren't freaking out. Jeremy, I, I'm I was not curious freaking about out. your... your um, oh, it looks like our, our photo's gone. Um, I, I'm curious about your expert eye on that photo. What makes it such a good shot? Well, it's just the emotion in the shot. You look at that and, I mean, wow, you're right? It's um, her excitement. She's hugging the kids, all that stuff. It's... Um, um, you know, Chris sent that one across, and uh, we got it. And it's just like, well, there's our, you know, there we go. That's our, that's our front page tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just, uh, I mean, just the emotion in that shot. It, it's, uh, um, you just, you look at that. And it's, just, it's a really moving photo. Hmm. 
Uh, again, if you want to send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk, uh, feel free to speak with photojournalist Chris Dietrich as well as Salt Lake Tribune photo editor Jeremy Harmon. We're talking about Sochi. Um, let's look at another image. Um, this is from uh, the women's ski jumping. Um, I thought it was there. There it is. Um, women's ski jumping. And uh, the, uh, the, what makes this photo especially remarkable is it's making history, right? I mean, um, Sarah Hendrickson is a ski jumper from Park City, but uh, the women in the ski jumping event fought long and hard to even be included as an Olympic event. She's sitting down, but this posture, Chris, I mean, to me it looks like she has such intense concentration right before she goes off that jump. It's true, and I mean, uh, the other two American women, both also from Park City, uh, they, they had sued to try and get their support included into the Vancouver Games. Uh, the timing didn't work for that, but ultimately it pressured the IOC to allow women's ski jumping into the Sochi Games. So it was a, it was a very historic event. I mean, the first time women's ski jump has ever been an Olympic sport, and all three uh, uh, women competing for America are, are local from Park City. Uh, and this was, this was before Sarah took her first her first jump. I mean, that's she, she, uh, she, she had also had um, she had torn her ACL, MCL, and meniscus in a in an accident. I think just six just six months ago, and she fought back to rehab and was able to still compete. Uh, and she ended up being the very very first woman to to jump uh, in the competition. So I do like the the, the sense of anticipation and um, you know the feeling of just getting ready for this for this uh, very important jump. Mm -hmm. There's another one, and we don't have a photo of it, but uh, it's Sarah Hendrickson when she's actually taken off. She's flying, and um, it is so perfectly centered. Obviously, I am not a, a photographer myself. I, I'm just curious if you can talk technique a little bit. How do you actually get a, an image that is moving so quickly in the frame, perfectly centered, um, totally in focus. Can you describe the artistic part of what you do, Chris, or sure. the technical part? I'm not sure which one it is. It's a little bit of both. I mean, um, again, with these venues, you kind of have to pick and choose your your uh, photo positions very carefully. And usually, when when you're in one, um, you you have to remain there for for the entire event. Uh, for that picture that you're talking about, um, I'd actually gone about halfway down the landing area of, of the jump and thankfully they actually have uh, almost a half a dozen uh, forerunners that jump before the actual athletes so it, there was time to practice essentially right before the the real jumps so if, if, if the my lens choice wasn't exactly what I wanted or I was say several steps too high or too low uh, for the framing I wanted for for our local athletes, I had I had just a little bit of time to kind of dial that in with uh, with the practice jumpers, uh, and then when when our Park City jumpers went, hopefully uh, I, I I had I had it uh, where I needed it to be. And it's very difficult. I mean, you're they're they're soaring above you, uh, and you have a short window of time to to make these pictures. Um, but luckily and thankfully, uh, with um, the help of uh, Nikon, they had loaned us top, uh, you know, all the brand new uh, Nikon cameras and lenses 
to use, which which was very critical in getting these kind of pictures. Mm. Uh, I guess the tools of the trade are essential. Jeremy, you told me that Chris was hauling up like uh, 65 pounds of, of, of gear. What is in that bag? What what kinds of equipment are required to, to cover something like the Olympics? Well, Chris could probably answer that a little better than I could, but um, uh, you know, he, he's the guy who had to haul that 65 pounds up the mountain. Um, you know, but it's uh, you know, multiple camera bodies, multiple lenses, um, you know, it, right down to little things like uh, you need a lot of hand warmers to keep your batteries warm so your cameras don't die on you while you're up there. Um, you know, and then basic, uh, um, you know, things like crampons so that as you're walking you don't slip and go tumbling down the hill with, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of uh, glass and uh, electronics. That's pretty intense. Chris, anything to add there? Uh, with with a ski jump venue, uh, unless you were an athlete, the only way to get to some of these positions along the hill was to hike up several uh, several hundred steps along along the finish area. So uh, for that, I had three camera bodies, uh, multiple lenses, a, a, a gigantic 600 millimeter lens, uh, and yeah, it's 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 kind of fun because you can if you if you want a position and you work for it, you normally can get there. Uh, so it, it kind of separates uh, some of the photographers who maybe aren't able or not willing to uh, kind of make the extra effort to, to get to, say, the top of the mountain uh, at some of these venues. Let's look at another image. Um, this, I believe, is Josh Christensen, um, just after he won the men's ski slope uh, style. He won the gold, right? He did, yeah, and uh, that was a that was another great day where three American men swept uh, the medals for for that sport. Uh, and that and, and with that day, it was it was one of those days where I mean, you always have to play play it by ear, depending on what events are going on and uh, kind of um, what you think is going to be the biggest story of the day. We had actually been covering Noel's first and second run uh, just prior to this. In but the we skeleton. Had, sorry, yeah, in the skeleton, uh, and we saw that uh, the American men were doing really well, uh, and so we made the choice to bail on skeleton and try and hoof it up to another mountain to hopefully make it in time um, for the last run, or if not the last run, at least uh, the flower ceremony, if, if they did end up holding on to the, those top three spots. Uh, and it turns out we I got there right after Joss's uh, gold medal. I mean, it was his, his second to last run, but it was the one he clinched the gold medal on. Uh, but I was there for 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 the ceremony, and that's where this was made. Okay, let's look at another photo um, in just a moment. But again, um, if you want to join us, you can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk. You can put them at sltrib.com, or you can tweet us. Uh, excuse me, text us, and the number is 801-609-8059. Um, this is one of my very favorites that you took, um, and this is of uh, Sage Kotzenberg. Um, d describe wh what it took to get this image, Chris, because it's really uh, so beautiful. And as, as I recall, this is much bigger on our website. Um, it seemed like we got to see the sun, or maybe this is a similar one to it. I don't know, but um, it, it's just so beautiful. Uh, describe where you were and, and what it took to get the shot. 
Thanks. This was actually the very first event uh, that, that I covered in Sochi, and so just getting there and trying to get the lay of, of the venue uh, was a little bit of a challenge. Uh, they always have the safer positions at, at the finish line, and you can, you can certainly shoot most of the action from there. Uh, but if, if you want to try and get a picture that's, that's a little more unique, uh, like this picture, you, you, you literally have to hike up the mountain and try and find a spot that, that you think is going to work. So that, that's exactly that's what I did. And this was one of the last jumps of the course. Uh, and I just positioned myself uh, kind of on the un, under, under the jump so you could see the, the beautiful mountains in the background and uh, get a sense of how how big of air these guys are, are really getting off these jumps. So how far up is he? 30 feet? Um, I don't know. I, I can't tell. I don't, I don't know exactly because the, the slope of the mountain uh, for where they land drops off uh, pretty well. So pretty high. <laughs> Pretty high. It's, it's not a height I would like to be in in the air on on snowboard. Sure. Um, the Salt Lake Tribune, of course, has been covering the Winter Games since Salt Lake City was the host in 2002, or even before that. I mean, um, Jeremy, what was Chris's specific assignment, and how how was covering the games abroad different from covering on your home turf? Well, I, you know, Chris. Um, uh, we're lucky that we've got Chris on our team because really when it comes to these kind of big sporting events, you know, Chris is, uh, I can say without equivocation, one of the best photographers in the country for covering these kinds of things. Um, so basically his assignment was get there and don't screw up, <laughs> you know, and uh, um, that's, uh, you know, we, we would talk every night about what he was going to do the next day, um, but he's over there. I'm not. You know, he knows, he uh, he knows the distances between the venues. You know, he's he's there seeing this stuff. So I really rely on him to give me, um, you know, uh, you know, I trust Chris implicitly. So when he's over something like this, he just tells me what he's going to do the next day, and we roll with that. And then um, the job for us back here in Salt Lake is just to make sure we're using it right. Hmm. hmm. Chris, I'm curious about um, the work. Where do you draw inspiration? Uh, whose work do you admire? Well, there's a lot of great uh, sports photographers uh, that I'm lucky to to know. It's a it's a very uh, it's a pretty good it's a great community to be a part of, uh, and kind of like the athletes, uh, the photographers that are over there are are usually at the top of their game, um, and but it's not. I mean, yes, it's all everybody is competitors, but uh, it. it Everybody is usually working together. I mean, it, it would be it'd be nearly impossible to do these Olympics without the support of uh, some of the other photographers, like um, Mark Rice from Colorado Springs, or Nat Meyer who works in San Jose, or Aaron Ontiveros that works at the Denver Post. I mean, we're seeing these same photographers day in and day out, and everybody is going through the exact same thing. So whether it's uh, helping you save a spot at a venue, or uh, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, or just you know, grabbing a beer after one of the events, it it's a great support uh, community of, of the other of other photographers. Mm -hmm. Let's look at one more image. Um, this is Ted Ligeti, uh, and of course he's competing in the giant slalom here. This is right after he.
captures the gold. It's a, a terrific shot. Um, how do you how do you do it? Walk us through the process on this one, Chris. Uh, luckily for this event, uh, the the skiers had two runs. So unlike the downhill, where it's just one and done, and that's it. This there was a chance uh, to get on the mountain for for some action pictures for its first run, and then get down to the bottom finish line for the second run and hopefully a reaction. So for this day, I'd actually rented some skis and packed up all my gear uh, and tried to ski and navigate down the mountain to some place on the course uh, for Ted's first run, which made for some fun pictures because we, we were normally, if you're at the finish line, you're, you're several hundred yards away from uh, any of the actions, so the pictures kind of feel a little distant and removed. Being on the course allowed, allowed me to get much closer and, and, and I think it much better action pictures, but there was still plenty of time uh, since there was two runs, and they do it in reverse order of the fastest finish time. So Ted wouldn't be going until later in the second heat. I uh, skied back down the mountain, changed out of the skis and boots, and then uh, scouted out a place at the finish line where I thought might be the best. Uh, and when he came across the finish line, he kind of did this big uh, arcing. I don't know celebration skid out, uh, which I, I thought was fantastic. Mm. Uh, Jeremy, what's your take on this picture? What what uh, of the hundreds that he took of Ligeti's uh, two runs? What what really made this one stand out for you? Uh, it's just uh, um, I don't know. It's just you know he's he's just hitting the ground. He's falling down. He's celebrating. You know he's just right in the heat of the moment. There it's. Uh, um, you can't recreate that, you know, and so uh, um, getting the photo as it happens is really critical, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that Chris really uh, shines at, and so, you know, you know, we see this, and it's just, a, you know, that moment happens in a, you know, a millisecond, and Chris gets it. Mm -hmm. And, um... That's not easy, right, Jeremy? It's I not mean, easy. Everyone with a camera, they're ubiquitous. Everybody's got one yeah. on their cell phone. People are snapping all the time. And so I, I guess sometimes we don't fully appreciate how truly difficult it is to get an image like uh, the one we just saw, right, Jeremy? Yeah, well, that's that's something Chris really has got a knack for. You know, um, um, if he needs to be in a spot to get the right photo somehow, he, like one of one of the skills he's got in his in his little tool bag is uh, knowing how to get into that spot. You know whether it's the Noel Pikes pace where people are literally yanking on him trying to get him out of there, or this one where it happens so quickly. Um, you know, uh, um, not everybody can not everybody can do that, and so uh, you know Chris can. That's that's why we like sending him to these things. Mm. Well, let's look at one last one. Uh, this finally. Uh, very artistic. Uh, Chris, describe w what you're seeing here um, and uh, the technique that you use to, to sort of capture this very artistic image. So, obviously my main goal was to photograph all of our, our Utah athletes and, and get the storytelling pictures for them uh, for the paper, but that being said, there were still many, many athletes uh, competing from around the world that uh, weren't as high of interest for us. And with that, uh, it allowed me to kind of experiment with different techniques and uh, vantage points uh, to really just make pictures for for myself uh, that might might not work with um, 
you know, there might not be the most storytelling, but uh, sometimes you just have to make kind of nice eye candy pictures uh, that you want to do. And so for this one, uh, I just used a slower shutter speed. Uh, this was at the tail end of the men's downhill race. And uh, the background with the, the orange and red safety barriers, uh, they're, they're not very attractive when it's taken uh, at a normal shutter speed. You just have this kind of ugly red I don't know, blob in your background. Um, but using a slower shutter speed kind of turned that into um, some nice color element along with the, the trees and, and, the, and the movement of the skier. Uh, for this picture. No, it really, I mean, it almost looks like a painting. It's so beautifully done. Um, I guess in the one minute that we have left, what, uh, if you were to cover an Olympics again in the future, which I'm sure you will, um, what would you do differently? Any lessons learned from Sochi? Besides getting your name right, <laughs> your name spelled right, um, I guess? That, that would be uh, uh, number one thing to make sure of. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I'm pretty really proud of the work uh, that uh, I did and the the paper did. Uh, I think we served our readers very well with with uh, the athletes um, that we're covering. I mean, our local Utah athletes made up over 50% of America's total medals, which which is amazing. And I would say we were we were there personally covering um, al almost all of those all events. And the ones we couldn't, it was only because we had other locals. Um, at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. Well, terrific job. Beautiful images. Again, Chris Dietrich will be at the City Library tonight at 7 o'clock um, here in Salt Lake City, and the event is free and open to the public. You'll be seeing many more images from his trip to Sochi uh, covering the Olympics for the Salt Lake Tribune. Chris Dietrich, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And Jeremy Harmon, Salt Lake City's, uh, the Salt Lake Tribune photo editor. Uh, Jeremy, thanks for your time as well. Yeah, thanks. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce. Thanks for tuning in to Trib Talk today. We'll see you next time.